0: turn to the book of James chapter number three, if you would. Uh, We're wrapping up this section in James. It talks about being careful with the words that we use. Whoever decided the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That person is a liar because words hurt. And we need to be careful with our words, the Bible tells us that, the Bible uh, compares our our tongue and the the words that we use to so many different things that we'll take a look at uh, here tonight. So James chapter 3, verse, uh, we're going to start in verse, um, let's back up to verse number 5. Actually, let's just start in verse number 1. How about that? James chapter 3, verse number 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. That word perfect means complete, mature man, and able to bridle the whole body. In other words, verse number 2 tells you, if you can control your tongue and the words that you use, you are a master of self-control, because it's the hardest thing to do. Verse number 3, behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Build also ships, which, though they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is little member, verse number five, and boasteth great things. behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and every birds and serpents and things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. If a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a fine vigs? so can a fountain both yield both salt, water, and fresh. Who is a wise man among you, and in due with knowledge among you, let him show it out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Our words that we use are incredibly powerful. Every single person has had someone say something to you that you've never forgotten. We use our words sometimes as weapons against people that we don't like or people that have hurt us, or uh, often when we're hurt, we retaliate with the words that we use. Sometimes we're minding our own business, doing our own thing, and other people use their words to hurt us for no cause whatsoever. Uh, I was at the mall uh, this past week getting my haircut, and I was on the way to the mall walking outside without a mask, which for those of you that don't know is 100% legal, okay? 100% legal to walk outside without a mask. And I have a guy walk past me. I'm minding my own business. And he goes, put a mask on, stupid. And I was just like, was he talking to me? Like, he like, got like three steps past me before he said it, right? Because he's a coward who wouldn't actually say it to my face. He got like three steps past me and said that. The moment that I heard that, like rage filled my body. Like I got, I got flush all over. I went hot. Like my fingertips started tingling. And for those of you that have struggled with the rage before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know what I decided to do? Just keep walking, man. Just keep walking. And what did I say? I said absolutely nothing. You know why? Because I didn't have anything good to say. And I thought to myself, how awful would that be for me to get in a verbal altercation, which more than likely would turn into a physical altercation, uh, with with this guy, and then get up here on a Sunday night and preach about the words that we use and how we should use them to build people up and not tear them down. I thought to myself, ah, stop for just a second. And of course, my my son Vanderlei, he's the baddest in the family. He'll tell you that for sure. He's like, I would have told that guy. No, you wouldn't. Now, just keep your mouth shut. No, I I would have said to him. No, that's not what good Christians do. Well, Somebody, yes, somebody should have told him. That's fine. But I thought to myself, I have a stranger call me stupid in public. Like, what the world, man? You know why? Because words, we, we spew them off without thinking twice about it. We say things about what we feel, and then we don't expect any repercussions from it. I mean, think to yourself, what would have happened had that guy had somebody clock him in the back of the head and he'd fallen down face front in the pavement? I thought about it for a long time. Uh, but, but again, he thought, I can say whatever I want and there's no repercussions. You know, that's just not because this man is a fool. And you say, well, that's not nice to say. I'm not saying that the Bible says it. The Bible says that a fool utters all, everything that's in his mind. And when you pop off at the mouth, the Bible just calls you a fool. Fools think that they can say whatever they want and there are no repercussions. And sometimes we, we wear that as a badge of honor. Well, I, I just say what's on my mind. That's not a good thing. I just, I just speak with no filter. Whatever comes in here automatically comes out my mouth. The Bible says you are a fool. A fool uttereth all of his mind. And the Bible says this. Here's a, I love the Bible, the book of Proverbs. When a, a fool keeps his tongue... Even he is considered wise. Did you know that if you would just sit and keep your mouth shut, people would think, oh, that guy's a really wise person. <laughs> now, don't open your mouth because they never really know that you're an idiot, right? But keep your mouth shut. Why? Because your words are a window into your heart. And the Bible says the things that come out of your heart, uh, out of your mouth have come from the depths of your heart. As we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, I want you to see, first of all, our tongue has the capability to ruin our lives and the lives of others. People's lives, careers have been ended by the words that they've used. I'm thankful that I never really bought into to social media and Twitter and stuff like that because I can't imagine something that I tweeted that I thought was funny 10 years ago would come back to bite me later when somebody finds, uh, goes through your social media feed to look for everything. Don't put anything on the internet that you wouldn't want the world to see. But people's careers have been ended on, on things that they tweeted 10 years ago. We live in a culture that thrives on that. Catching people, using their words, turning them against them, finding double meanings in their words, and using it to flag something that we find offensive in some way or another. And words are real. You can, you can ruin your marriage by words. You can damage your kids for the rest of your life with the words that you use. And sometimes it's not even the words, it's the things that we say. For example, one time when my wife and I were newly married, um, she said something, I forget what she said, but uh, again, we were married for like maybe six months. And she said something, and I said, that has to be the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. And we laughed about it. And she was, yeah, I guess that was kind of stupid. Done. Over and done. Fast forward like six months later, she, would say, she said something. Yeah, I would tell you what I think, but you think I'm stupid. I don't think you're stupid. You're one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Like, like I come to you and ask you questions because I know that you're wiser and smarter than me. Like, I want to know what you think. No, you don't. You think I'm stupid. What, what makes you think that? You called me stupid. I've never called you stupid a day in my life. She said, yes, you did. What are you talking about? That one time you said that was the stupidest thing you'd ever heard. That, I said, what you said was stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. It's exactly the same thing. How many of you would agree, not the same thing? But here's the fact of the matter. The damage had been done. Trying to explain to her the difference did not matter in that context. What I had said had been damaging to her so much that she brought it up like six months later. Like I'm so over that like 30 seconds after I said it. And then she brings it back six months later. I was just like, wow. Wow. And she said something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I didn't take it offensively. I took it to heart. You need to be really careful with the words that you use then. And at first I was like, well, who are you? Like, my mom? But then I was just like, wait a minute. I don't think my mom even told me that. Like that, Wait a minute. That's actually good advice, you know? I'm not upset or offended anymore. Thank you for helping me. Why? Because words are destructive. And so the Bible says when we use our words, we need to be really careful because they can ruin people's lives. The Bible says that the, the, the tongue pollutes our entire body. Again, if you take a look at uh, chapter number three here uh, tonight. Verse number two, if any, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man able to bridle his whole body. But then it goes down in verse number six and says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles, the word defiles meaning it pollutes The whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. That The words that we use pollute our entire being. That doesn't mean your physical body. It means you as a whole are dirty, filthy, polluted as a result of the words that you choose to use. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? I didn't say it, the Bible said it. Now now then the question then becomes like, well, what is offensive? What is dirty? How much do we allow before it's just regular talk like people would talk and what crosses the line? I don't know. How dirty are you willing to get is the question. For me, one time, I had, uh, I had made a cup of coffee uh, in, the, uh, in the morning. It was, it was, I was so ready for coffee. I would know, gotten down to the very bottom of, of my coffee. And so it was, it was pre-ground coffee, I had it in a container, Opened it up, smells incredible, but I had like one scoop left for my final cup. And I was just like, ooh, this is good, it's going to be so good. I smell it, it smells so good. I enjoy making coffee as much as I enjoy drinking coffee. And So if you ever need like a, a barista on the side, call me, I'd love to make you the best cup of coffee you've ever had in your life, right? And so I'm getting ready to make my coffee. It smells good. I put it in a fridge press. I pour hot water over it. I I, I stir up the the stuff so that it foams on the top a little bit, and I let it sit for four minutes perfectly. I push that little lever down a little bit, let it sit for a minute, and then plunge it all the way down. Pour it in my cup. It's beautiful. It's foaming around the edges. And then comes the best part, actually making coffee drinkable, right? Mm -hmm. And so I put a scoop of uh, stevia in there to sweeten it up, and then I put... Probably about three quarters as much creamer as I have coffee in there. And so, I found a sticker on vacation almost about it. It says, I used to think that I like coffee, but it comes to find out I really just like creamer. And so, that's kind of me. And so, I then put my creamer in there, and I start to, to stir my creamer in, and a, an ant floats up to the top. Oh. I was like, well, that's disappointing. And so, what do you do? You grab it out and toss it, right? Still a good cup of coffee. My last cup of coffee, mind you. As I continue to stir... More ants come up to the top. Okay, I can deal with two or three, and I start grabbing them, toss them out, and my last cup of coffee, right? And then I continue to stir. 20, 30, 40 ants come up, and I think to myself, if I was a psychopath and drank my coffee black, I would have just downed all this, right? And think of all the crazy people who drink black coffee, right? You're you're probably drinking ants, and you don't even know it. So put some creamer in your coffee, for heaven's sakes, and help yourself out. But, you know, and so then I'm just like, oh, man, this is unsalvageable. And then I thought to myself, maybe I could put it through a strainer and get it. And I thought, oh, nah. And then I thought to myself, be a man, it's extra protein. You need more protein in your diet, just <laughs> down it, right? Yeah, man up, just drink it. And then I thought to myself, I, I chuckled later because I thought to myself, and one ant was tolerable. Two or three ants was doable. When it got to like five or six ants, I was just like, eh. And it got to 20 or 30 ants, it was just like, no. But then I thought to myself, where is the threshold between six ants and 20 ants that crosses the line of being acceptable? I don't really know. He said, what does it have to do with anything? How much pollution will you allow in your life as a result of the words that you use? How much? Is it okay to drop a few words here and there as long as it's not too many? Or would you say... None of it is good. You know, I think uh, of of all of our folks that are going through issues in your housing situation with your tap water, how much petroleum is acceptable to drink? How much jet fuel is okay to ingest for a human being? I think all of us would say uh, like 0.0%. Well, there's a threshold where it becomes okay. Is it? Would you drink it? Probably not. Would you serve it to your grandmother? Probably not. But here's the funny thing is that we worry about the the testing of our water, which we should. I'm not saying anybody should drink dirty water, drink water with petroleum products in, or anything like that. We should be serious about clean drinking water for people. That's a basic human right. But we're more concerned about that than the pollution of our own soul. We're more concerned about the water that we drink than the words that we use. Find me a verse in the Bible that it says the water that you drink pollutes your entire body. You can't find it because it's not there. But the Bible says the words that you use, if they're filthy, pollute your entire body. (laughs) Trey and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, went to a a business. I won't say what the business is because I don't want to trash anybody. But we went to a particular business that I would consider a manly business where guys go and do man stuff. And so uh, we're there. And the guy at the counter uh, walks in. He was like, oh, do you guys have your, your code tests, your vaccine cards, or whatever that other stuff? I said, oh, man, we don't have those us and stuff like that. And he was like, well, cool. I don't give. And he begins to use foul language. And I was just like immediately like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Didn't see that coming. And he's like, well, we can give you guys a blank test if you want to. And I was just like, wow, like you're, you're cursing your, your customers the second that they walk in. I felt really, really awkward. And they had a little help-wanted sign up there at the front. They're so looking for part-time help there. And I thought, this would be kind of a cool job to have, you know, and like, learn stuff about the, the trade that they're in and stuff like that, and decent pay and part-time work, and they're willing to train you and stuff like that. And then the guy who's there starts cussing at the employees and using inappropriate language with them and, and demeaning them and putting them down. And you don't know what the blank you're talking about. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my shell. And I look over at Trey, and I go, My quota for F-words was really, really low for this year, (laughs) but this guy has greatly exceeded every threshold that I could ever possibly have in my lifetime in a course of two minutes. And I thought to myself, man, just shut up. Don't say another word. Because I felt filthy hearing him talk. But you see, some people look at that and go like, dude, it doesn't even connect with me. You know why? Because... Filthy speech has no bearing on you. It should though. The Bible says the words that we use have the capability to to defile us. There's a reason. Get this. Get this. There's a reason why it's called dirty language. Have you ever thought about that? Just a thought. Because it's a pollutant. It defiles according to the Bible. So we've got to be careful with our words. And I'm not just you talking about curse words here, I'm talking about the other type of language that we use. It pollutes your whole body. Jesus says in Mark chapter 7, verse number 18. He says, Of them to them, are you also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatsoever the thing which entereth into a man cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly and goeth into the draught, purging all meats. People were really upset with Jesus and his apostles because they didn't wash their hands before they ate dinner, and you know why they didn't wash their hands be- before they ate dinner? Because they were men. Okay, uh, so anyways, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encouraging inappropriate, unsanitary, non-hand-washing things like that. But here's the thing: people were super upset with Jesus. Hey, your apostles came; they didn't even wash their hands before they started eating, and Jesus says, "You guys are so backwards." Because you don't get defiled, polluted, by eating food with unwashing hands. What defiles or pollutes a man is already in his heart. Here's what he says. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth him. What's that? From within, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication. That's sexual sin of any sort. Murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and defile a man. Jesus says, they're not washing their hands. So what? Your heart is filthy. And what as a result of that, here's what comes out of your life. Sexual sin, inappropriate talk, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All that comes from within the heart. And so, again, the words that we use are just a window into our soul. It's a window into our heart of how you really feel. That's why when somebody says, like, well, I don't really know why I said that. No, you need to think really hard about why you said that, because that was what was in your heart, because it came out of your heart. We talk about the tongue having the capability to ruin people's lives. It also burns those around us. The Bible compares the tongue as to a raging fire. Though it's it's small and kindles a little fire, it rages out and burns the people around us. Hmm. You ever been burned by somebody's words that they use? Man, get just absolutely torched by something somebody has to say. Doesn't feel good, does it? (laughs) Better question. Have you ever used your words to torch somebody? Feels good for a minute, doesn't it? Man, just let loose. Let somebody have it. But in the end, it ends up being destructive. I don't want to light somebody up. I'd rather build somebody up. Hey, some guy walks past me and calls me stupid. I don't want to give him a piece of my mind. I want to treat him with kindness. Because, dude, something's wrong for you to call a stranger stupid. Behind his back. So that he can hear. So... We need to be really careful about what's in our heart, because our words not only pollute us, our words burn those people around us. And here's the worst part about it: the worst part about our words. In this here's the th- worst thing about fire. Think about this: if I decide to set this building on fire, what do you think that does for the people who live in Kapolei? Do you think they care? Nope. They see it on the news and they turn it off and they go to bed. Who does that affect? Our neighbors next door, the people who are across the street, the people who worship here and call this their church home, the people who live across the street over on this direction, restaurant next door, restaurant this way. Think about this. When your tongue lights a fire, you know who it burns? People that are the closest, right? Think about that for a minute. Look, you can pop off at me if you want to. That's fine. But you know who really pays the price for your inability to control your tongue? The people that you love and care for the most. That's who who pays the price. That's what the Bible says. When the tongue is a fire, it burns the people that you are closest to. It doesn't burn people that you don't care about. It doesn't hurt other people. It hurts you and it hurts the people around you that you care about the most. That's why we've got to fix our tongue by fixing our heart. Next, the Bible tells us that it poisons our relationships. The Bible talks about verse number 11, that the fountain send forth the same place, sweet, water, and bitter. Can a fig tree bear olive berries? Can a vine bear figs? No fountain brings forth both fresh and salt water at the same time. Bible says that verse number seven, for every kind of beast and every bird and the serpents and things of the sea is tamed, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. It's interesting here, James doesn't have a lot of positive things to say about our tongue. You know why? Because all of us know what we should say, we just don't say it. All of us are prone to Just pop off without thinking about it. James says, hold up for a second. You need to understand that your words pollute you. Your word burns people around you. And it poisons the relationships that you have in your life. Romans chapter 3, verse number 10, Paul says, As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's not one that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of their way. They're all come together unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. He's talking about the human condition and how all of us are sinners, But here's what he says. He says, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues, they've used deceit. The poison of asps or snakes is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Man, you say, that's filthy. Yeah, he's talking about all of mankind. That's why James says, hey, if you can control your tongue, you have serious (laughs) self-control. Like James says, like on a level of self-control managing the words that you use is at the top of the list. That means the guy that can say no to cupcakes and cookies in the break room or donuts uh, is the guy that probably has the ability to control his tongue. And if you can't control your tongue, here's what the Bible says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so you probably can't control anything else in your life either. So again, really careful with the words that we use because it has the capability to ruin people's lives. Secondly, we see in this passage, hurtful, filthy, corrupt, foolish talk is characteristic of an unsaved man and not the life of a Christian. Christians should just talk differently. Simple as that. People at your workplace should notice a difference in the way that you talk. And not just in, well, that guy doesn't curse. That guy usually has positive things to say. That guy doesn't jump on the gossip bandwagon. That lady's not known for trashing the upper management. This lady's not known for trashing everybody on the street or running other people down or things like that. But we use our words to build up. I tell the teachers at my daughter's school, one of them's a Christian, one of them's not. I tell her teachers, she doesn't go to a Christian school. My wife and I pray for you guys every single day and we're thankful for you. Do you know how, many, how often I think her, her teachers probably hear that? Probably the only times that we say it. The rest of the teachers, or the rest of the parents I'm sure say things like, what were you doing to my kid? Why are you so unfair? Why don't you like my kid? Why is my kid being mistreated? Why are you singling them out? Why is there so much homework? You know, all this other stuff that, that I've said to teachers before. <laughs> right? I want to be known as the guy that used my words to build up people. Hurtful talk, anybody can do that. Hey, anybody can walk down the street and call a, call a stranger behind their back stupid. Anybody can do that. It doesn't take any self-control to do that. And again, when you say something behind somebody's back, whether it's on the sidewalk or whether it's in your home, that's cowardly talk. If something needs to be said to somebody, you can say it to their face, eyeball to eyeball, the way that grown-ups do. Because the Bible says hurtful, foolish talk, that's how non-Christians live. Christians are different. It goes on in verse number, um, let's see, verse number uh, 10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought ought not so to be. We don't do crude talk. We don't do vulgar, inappropriate talk. And, And let me just tell you this, you want to make people feel uncomfortable, just play dumb. Oh, man, did you see so-and-so? <laughs> no, I didn't see. What happened? Well, I mean, she's just like, you know. No, I don't know. Would you tell me? Well, I mean, just like, if you're a guy, if you're a guy, what? I don't understand what you're getting at. You're not saying anything inappropriate, are you? That would be awkward. You want know, make people feel really, really uncomfortable? Just play dumb. I, yeah, I don't know what you're getting at. Well, you know, kind of like what guys do. No, I don't get what guys do. What are you talking about? because Christians aren't involved in that kind of conversation. Guys get together with guys and and talk about other ladies. Yeah, we don't do that kind of stuff. I'm going to see myself out of this conversation because this is wildly inappropriate. And I think the majority of us work in a place where that kind of talk would be frowned upon by human resources and there's policies in place to keep those types of things from happening. And you should be the type of person who's like, hey guys, we're better than this. Let's just not have this conversation today. I remember when I was in the Navy, I worked for a chief who was like, guys, we don't curse in this workspace, period. And if I hear that kind of talk, you can go out in the hall or a smoke pit and talk like that, you're not doing it in this workspace. Got it, chief, on it. And people say, well, you can't do stuff like that these days. Hey, I would take it as far as I can take it to let people know that I don't get involved in this kind of stuff. You're not going to talk to me like that. Because Christians are different. I don't get to come to church and sing like, Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. And then go to work tomorrow and use four-letter words and run down my boss and talk in an inappropriate way about the girl that works in the cubicle next door. You don't get to do stuff like that. You say, well, that's pretty harsh. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. Out of the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. Brethren, this ought not to be. Christians don't act like this. And so that's the thing I love about the book of James. It's just basically practical. Christians do this. They don't do that. And here's what you do with it. But let me just tell you this. These things are hard things to hear. As I've studied over the last couple of years about pastors who have fallen from ministry, and here's the crazy thing about it. Their private messages on social media always make it out. Always. 100% of the time. And just know this, there's nothing private on the internet at all, in any social media app or anything like that. Look, if nobody else knows, at least the people in China that own the apps know, right? I mean, nothing's private. But you know what always strikes me as strange is that when these pastors' uh, direct messages and text messages and things like that come out, I'm always appalled at the filthy talk by people who claim to be pastors. Hey, look, 1 Timothy chapter 3 says that you don't engage in stuff like that. And they use filthy, crude, awful language like second nature for them. And I think to myself, that's where you got off track. You didn't get off track when your eyes began to wander. You got off track because your heart was already corrupt and polluted. And your speech betrayed you before you ever betrayed the Lord. And if you're like, wow, pastor, this is pretty heavy. It's a heavy topic. Again, we like to hear messages about God is faithful, God is good, God loves you, God's merciful, He's gracious, He's compassionate. We don't like to hear verses like, hey, your speech needs to change. You can't continue to live like this and call yourself a true Bible-believing Christian. It's hard, but it's necessary. I remember for, for Angela and I, when we first started walking with Jesus, I was active duty Navy at the time, and again, cuss like a sailor. If you've ever been around sailors before, they love their four-letter words for sure. I grew up in public school. I rode the school bus. I knew every curse word there was by the time I was in second grade. I knew it, right? We use that kind of language on the bus, in, in school. Our youth group would use words like that. Even our youth pastor, quote, youth pastor, not qualified to be a pastor by any stretch of the imagination. Our youth leader, I guess you could possibly call him would sometimes use crude and inappropriate talk to try to get on our level as teenagers. Hey, look, I didn't need somebody to get on my level. I needed somebody to bring me up to Jesus' level. I don't need somebody to come along and buddy-buddy up with me by using crude talk. I hear that for 10 hours a day at school, as a high schooler. I didn't need my team leader to do that. And then I, I ship off into the world's finest navy, and guess what? I had a terrible mouth on me. I called myself a Christian. But I had a terrible mouth, and one of the hardest things for me to do was to break that. And look, anybody who's ever said, well, what's the secret? The secret is die to self every single day. Amen. It's not get a, a jar and put a quarter in it every time you say a cuss word and you laugh about how full the jar is getting. That doesn't do anything for anybody. It's putting my heart and my flesh to death every single day and choosing to change by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing that works. There's no secret sauce to that. But Christians don't act like this. Psalm 5.9, For there's no faithfulness in their mouth, their inward parts is very wickedness, their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Psalm 140, verse number one, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man, preserve me from the violent man, which, imagine, mischief in their heart. Continually they are gathered together for war. They've sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adders, poison is under their lips. Man, words. Careful with that. Next, we see in this passage, passage that Christians are called to take great care in our speech. This is hard. I'm not, not going to lie to you. This, this kind of stuff is hard. Uh, several, uh, several months ago, we had a guy out back here that was causing some problems and things like that. I went out and tried to talk to him. Man to man. Wasn't having it. Uh, my wife went over tried to talk to him woman to man that did not end well at all ended up with him cursing yelling at and threatening my wife coming at her in a physical aggressive manner and then i step out and he like backs down like dude we don't we don't play this here you need to get you need to leave you got to get out of here you can't stay and he's like you can't tell me what to do i can and so we call the police and police come out and the second the cops show up, the dude starts running his mouth. I will tear you up. I will rip your head off. And I was just like, it's convenient that you say those words when the cops come because, like, you know that they're not going to let you do anything. But like, but, like, five minutes earlier, he didn't want to have those, that type of conversation with me. And, and trust me, every fiber of my being wanted to engage. Every fiber. You know why? You don't question my manhood. You don't question my character. And you don't mess with my family. Ground rules for life, Right? But what did I have to do? (laughs) Bite your tongue, pray, ask the Lord to handle the situation. Well, that's not very manly. I'm not trying to be manly in the eyes of the world. I'm trying to be a man of God. And look, the last thing in the world that I need on the front page of Hawaii News Now, when you scroll your Facebook feed, local pastor arrested for violent altercation in front of bar and strip club. That's Conan Street, in case you didn't know, right? That's the last thing in the world that I need. But let me just tell you, it's hard. But you know what? God's called us to be better than that. If we gave in to every carnal desire, every fleshly desire that we have, we're no better than anybody else. And frankly, we're not better than anybody else to begin with. But we're just like everyone else. Whose heart is their master, who do whatever they feel like doing. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 8, Paul says, But now put off all these: anger, wrath, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Hey, we don't talk filthy, we don't lie. We don't gossip. We don't blaspheme. We don't run people down because you don't live like that anymore. You're different now. You've been changed. The old you is dead. The new man who is with Christ is alive. That's different. Jude verse 14 says, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all. This is talking about end times and convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. So think about this for a second. Here's what he said. God is going to exercise judgment on the ungodly among them that are ungodly with their deeds that they have ungodly committed. And what is their ungodly things that they've done? And all of their hard speeches with ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, Walking after their own lust, their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. These are people that are so full of themselves that talk about themselves. Who says, ungodly speech, murmurers and complainers. It's interesting that the word ungodly was used four times in that passage. It's that big of a deal. Well, it's just words. No, it's not. It's a heart problem. That's the issue here that we fail to, to realize. It's not a matter of fixing my words. It's a matter of fixing my heart. And the question is, why do we hurt other people with our words? Because of what's in our hearts. There's a typo on the slide. There's a typo in my notes. It's my typo. I own it. It's the word hour. Why do we hurt other people with our words? Because of what's in our heart. Why did you go off on your kid because they dropped a glass of milk in the kitchen and raise your voice? It wasn't their fault. It's your fault. You don't have to act like that. But why do you do that? Because I'm so stressed with everything that's going on. Okay, then own it. It's not your kid's fault. So don't make your kid pay the price for it. Why do you pop off at your spouse so quickly? Well, they just get on my last nerve. Well, who else is on all the other nerves that they just got on the last one? So the question, we need to stop and ask ourselves, why do I feel the need to say that? Somebody calls me stupid in public behind my back and I want to go and grab them by the back of the hair of their head and slam it in the pavement. You didn't really think that, did you, Pastor? I'm in church and I can't lie. (laughs) But why did that fill me with rage? Like, Those of you that have felt what I'm talking about, your whole body goes hot and your fingertips start tingling. Why did I feel that? Because I don't like being disrespected like that. If you're going to disrespect me, disrespect me to my face. What's the root cause of that? Anybody want to help me with that? Pride. Pride. You got it. Pride. Pride. Thank you. Look, kids know that. Come on. Whose fault was it? Was it their fault? No, it was my fault. 100%. I own it. Why did that make me so angry? Why couldn't I just laugh about it and just go on with life? Because nobody's going to disrespect me like that. Say it to my face, you coward. What is that? 100% pride. 100% overinflation of self. Dude, nobody cares. That guy, no lie. Five seconds after he said it, went on with his life, and he doesn't even care. He's not thinking to himself, like, I really told that guy today. (laughs) But no, here I am, like three days later, I'm still getting sweat on my brow thinking about this dude, right? Why? Because I am so overwhelmed with me. (laughs) So i got to stop myself and ask the question, why do I say the things that I say? Why do I feel the things that I feel? And I'm telling you this, if you can get a hold of this, this will bring about very productive communication in your relationships. Sweetheart, what you said made me very angry. I'm not going to say what I thought about saying, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm very hurt by what you said because I feel like you don't value what I bring to our relationship. That sounds like a productive conversation, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, you're stupid. You always say stuff like that. I can't even deal with you. Is that productive? No, that's just destructive. Now we've got into name-calling and mudslinging and accusations. Now we're tearing stuff down. But the question is, why did that bother me to begin with? I have to look into my heart to find the answer to that. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse number 43, For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. But every tree is known by its own fruit. For of thorns do men gather figs, or of bramble bush do they gather grapes? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, why does a person go off on the girl at Panda Express because they're out of string bean chicken? It's not her fault. Because of what's in his heart. Why do people hate other people? Because <laughs> what's in their heart. Why do people have such deep-seated hatred for authority and politicians and government and, and the military and our police? Why did that happen? Because of what's in their heart. That's why we as a church, we don't exist to do good for the sake of doing good. We're not trying to change people's behavior. We're trying to change their hearts. And when you change the heart, everything else falls into line. And let me just tell you this. If you struggle with your speech, it is an indication that your heart has not yet fallen in line. And You need to fix it. So, a few final thoughts and we're done. First of all, think of others before you speak. What is this going to do to the person that I'm talking to? Is this going to bring life to them or is this going to tear them down? I need to think about what other people are thinking before I say what I'm going to say. Is this going to be received well? And no lie, my wife and I sometimes have like 30 second caveats before we actually say what we're going to say. Hey, what I'm going to say is going to sound really harsh on the surface, but I don't really know how else to say it. And I don't mean for this to be hurtful, so if it is hurtful, I'm going to apologize in advance, but but I don't know any other way to say what I'm feeling than to just come out and say it. But I want to preface this by saying, I love you dearly, and I just want this to help our marriage. The fried chicken tonight was absolutely terrible. (laughs) It's probably the worst I've ever had in my life. (laughs) But I love you dearly, and I appreciate your willingness to make fried chicken. It's just, like on a scale of one to 10, it was just like, Sub-zero, and so, (laughs) but I love you, and that doesn't change my feelings for you. And look, a fried chicken, I could go to to Jack in the Box and buy fried chicken. I can't go to Jack in the Box and get a wife like you, so I want you to know that you're valued. You say, well, that's dumb. Is it? Is it? I think the guy who says, This fried chicken's terrible. I should have stopped at Jack in the Box. At least it would be edible. I think that's dumb. Right? We just have a different definition of what's appropriate and what's not. And for those of you kids that are here tonight, first of all, words like dumb and stupid, those are not good words to use in your vocabulary. So as we're talking about words tonight, when you get home, don't use words like dumb, stupid, idiot, anything like that. Use Bible words. Unwise, foolish, blasphemer, backbiter. (laughs) haters of God. Let's use words like that, right? <laughs> Biblical words. We're going to do that. So in all seriousness, we don't allow our kids to use the words uh, like, like Lay. one time he came home, we got home and he was like, dad, the whole time that you were gone, Thatcher was using the S word and like, I, like he was crying, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I can't be around that kind of talk. And I was just like, why? <laughs> and I was just like, was it, yes, dad, it was the S word. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And he was like, and he was crying. Dude was busted up about it. Like, and I was just like whispering in my ear. "What? It, I didn't even want to say it. Just thinking about it, it hurts. Uh, just, and I'm, I'm like about to go light Thatcher up like a Christmas tree, right? Whispered in my ear, stupid. And he started crying. I was like, he's been saying that the whole time we've been gone? Yes, yes. Balling. All right. And so I go in there, slam the door in Thatcher's room, and I go, okay, we're going to sit in here for like 10 minutes, and you're going to come out and apologize to your brother, but like, you can't say that. You know we don't use that kind of... Thing. And so, but it ended up being a funny thing, but I wanted... Ben, are like, no, we're taking this seriously. I like slam the door, and we had a long talk, and came. that's never going to happen again. He's like... Whew. And so, we don't... We Again, even at home for kids, there's appropriate talk and inappropriate talk, and things like stupid and dumb are not appropriate words. But, but again, we have to be thoughtful of other people before we speak. And again, parents, please understand the words that you say to your kids are going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. So they can even be really good, positive, encouraging words like, I love you, I'm proud of you. And hey, you don't hit a home run every time you get up to bat, just keep on swinging. You might strike out a hundred times before you get a base hit. That's okay. I love you because you tried. Those words go far. But things like, You'll never be as good as your brother. Those things don't ever go away. Why can't you be good like the other kids? Those type of words, they don't ever go away. And so we need to be really, really careful and think about who we're talking to before we say those words. In your marriage, you need to think about the words that you're going to say before you actually say them because it could be trigger words for somebody that just opens up a whole can of worms that you're not even ready for. So I do to think about other people before I use my words. And again, even sometimes, again, I'm at the drive-thru at Panda Express. I say, hey, thanks so much. You guys are doing a great job. This line moves super fast tonight. And people are like, thanks. You know? Sometimes they'll go to a restaurant. I'll say, can I talk to a manager? And people get really nervous when you say that. Hey, I just want to let you know that Brenda has provided some of the best service we've ever had in our entire time. We've been coming to this restaurant for years. She is the best waitress we've ever had. Thanks, like managers only get called when it's service something's bad and people want something for free They never get called to just be encouraged Every single time we have a police officer stop by here and it's quite often sometimes Hey, I really appreciate everything you guys do I know you get to get uh, get a bad rap and you get dragged on social media, but you guys are killing it. Keep up the good work Why? Because I want to think about other people I want to try to use my words to encourage and build up not tear down. I don't want Look, I don't want my words to be poisonous. I don't want my words to set people on fire. Why, anybody can do that. I want to be somebody who builds up. Now, when it's necessary to correct or instruct, do it in a way that builds people up. You might need to pull somebody to the side and say, hey, we didn't really hit the mark on this, but I want you to know you're killing it in every other area. This is just an area where we need to fix. This is key in parenting. Hey, this math test that you had, what happened with that? Help me understand where you went wrong. Was it a lack of studying? Did you just not understand it? Did you run out of time? I mean, you're so good in every other area except for math. Like, is there something we, that I can do to help you? Man, that builds up. That says, hey, we're not okay with this status quo, but we got to fix this in other areas. we got to do what I can. I'm on your team. I'm on your side. As a pastor, sometimes i got to pull people aside and say, hey, what you're doing does not fly as a Christian but I have to do it in such a way that builds them up hey I love you and sometimes when you love people you have to have hard conversations and this is going to be one of those but I don't want you to question for a split second that I love you that I pray for you and I want God's best for your life but this th- that happened that can't ever happen again as long as you live and whatever I need to do to help you to grow in that area I'm willing to do it but this is just it's a no fly man but I love you, and I'm with you, and I'm for you. What can I do to help you? That builds up. You're such a disappointment. You are such a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You don't have a spiritual bone in your body. And those are things that tear down. <laughs> this morning, I had a friend who came to me to help me. I was standing out on the, the, the corner after the uh, 8 o'clock service this morning, and uh somebody was standing there talking to me for a while and there were other people coming out there talking. I don't know, so we're kind of hanging around for a minute. I was like, I don't know what they're going to say. And so they lean up really close to me and they say, Pastor, I want you to know, under your right armpit, you have a hole in your shirt. (laughs) Okay, good to know. Because when a guy comes in close and says, hey, I just want to let you know, you immediately like check your fly. I think so, Did I split my pants in the back? Like, they're like, oh my goodness! I was so, so embarrassed, and then couldn't find out. I had a hole under my armpit. Hey, thanks for letting me know, man. Went and changed shirts between the service, and like, good to go. And somebody's like, "You changed shirts? Yes, I did." <laughs> but here's the thing: I love the fact that it wasn't a matter of like, "Hey, pastor, you got a hole in your armpit. See you later." It was just like, "Hey, I want to wait. I want to say it in very hushed tones so that nobody knows that you have a hole in your armpit." I love that. I love it. All the people are looking out for me like that. And they would be so discreet. I remember early on in pastoring, this was like year one. I was standing at the back. Everybody who left had to go out the back. And there's a couple who had been attending our church for a while. I said, Hey, man, somebody told me that you guys are living together. Is that true? And she just started bawling and like, he, I, I don't know what to say to that well it's a yes or no question man and it was just like and I didn't realize what I'd done until later and she came to me the, the woman she's like that was really inappropriate for you to put that out there in front of everybody that was walking by and people that would have heard that and that's really embarrassing and I know what we did was wrong but we didn't need you to call us out like that and I was just like ah I didn't even think about it like I I just Saw you guys, I thought, hey, is this true? I need to get to the bottom of this. I didn't think about tactfulness. I didn't do it in such a way that built anybody up. I just made people feel like dirt. And I was like, I am so sorry. That was wildly inappropriate of me. And I asked for their forgiveness because I was wrong. So think about other people. When you have to correct, do it in a way that builds people up, that encourages people. Hey, I see that you're growing your walk with the Lord. Here's an area where I would say you need to take a step up. I want to encourage you. Hey, notice you haven't been in church in a couple weeks. I want to tell you, you need to be in God's house if you want to grow as a Christian. I don't want to make people feel like dirt. I want to help them to be encouraged. Finally, if you want to fix your words, fix your heart first. Oh, I'm going to work on getting a, a, a cuss jar, so I won't cuss. No, don't do that. Just fix your heart. I want to stop being so negative. I want to read a book on... Positive affirmations. No, just fix your heart. Oh, I want I to be a positive influence, and so I'm going to think of 10 happy words I can say this week to people. No, just fix your heart. Practice if you want to. Hey, the next time you go to Subway and somebody's making your sandwich, go, dude, you're killing making that sandwich. How long have you been doing this? It encourages people. We had a guy come yesterday uh, and, and cleaned the AC units here at the church. And he, he comes in, he walks you through the whole process, and he's getting ready to get started. He said, do you have any questions for me before I start? I said, no, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job. I said, you came in, you're super respectful. You told me the process from beginning to end of what you were going to do. You asked me if I had any questions. You told me about all the products that you were using and how you were going to clean it. And I go, you're like, like, how long have you been doing this? He's like, oh, I've only been doing it for less than a year. Dude, you're like killing it. And he's just like, really? Really? Keep it up. And guess what? When he was done, after I paid him, I said, hey, I want to give you an invitation to our church services. He said, oh, you're like the fourth person that's gotten one of me one of these today. Oh, okay. Our single adults were here cleaning the church at the time and like, they like were on him like white on rice. <laughs> <laughs> Back off, boys. Settle down. But I loved it. And here's what he said, "Am hey, I like, come check this place out. I don't have a good church. It seems like a cool place. i drive by here. People are super nice here. How about that? How about that? Just trying to build people up with words. That's all. Anybody can do it. Did you know this is going to blow your mind? Being kind with your words. Totally free. It doesn't cost you anything to have a good word. To be kind to people. Hey, look. People get trashed every single day. You want to be a complainer? You want to be a negative Nelly? You're just another voice in the crowd. You're like, you're like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Complaining, negativity, yeah. But positivity, that stands out in the crowd. Uh, I have to confess my failure as a parent. I just thought of that when I said that. I was watching uh, Peanuts with my, my, my daughters this past week. And my kids didn't know who Woodstock was. They said, oh, the kid that smells really bad. Are you talking about pig pen like that? Like, first of all, you don't know that he smells bad. He has a dust cloud that follows him, but that doesn't mean he stinks. Don't do pig pen like that. (laughs) Oh, the kid who always carries his blanket. That's Linus. Show some respect. (laughs) Whose kids are these anyways? Oh, those are mine. I failed to teach my kids the the peanuts, you know? It's like you teach your kids the gospel, and then you teach your kids about peanuts. And it's, I don't know. But I was going somewhere with that, but I lost (laughs) you. Positive with your words this week. We can do that, right? But here's the thing. You say, oh, I can't. That's too hard. Change the heart. Don't try to change your words. You can try to do that. That's, again, when we just change our words, we're just doing behavior modification. And that only lasts for so long. But when I change my heart, I change who I am as a person. I changed my being to be more like Jesus and less like me, but that requires us to change our heart first. And so have you had a change of heart? Have you become a new creature in Christ? If you died today, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven because you've been saved and born again by Jesus and Jesus alone? I'm not talking about changing, turning over a new leaf. Because whenever you turn over a new leaf, all it takes is the wind to blow one time and it blows right back where it started. I'm talking about a change from the inside out that comes from being saved by born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you had that, if not, you get a fresh start tonight. But for those of us that are Christians, let's think about our words. Let's think more about that. Let's think about the people that are affected by our words. Let's think about people we can be kind to, people we can encourage this week, people that we can help this week, somebody that we can say, hey, you're doing a really great job. Keep up the good work with that. Maybe it's uh, somebody in our own home. Maybe it's somebody next to us. Remember, your words, if they burn, they only burn the people that are closest to you. Let's live a life this week that encourages, that builds up with the words that we use. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.